speaking, it, it comes from our RELATE series. RELATE isn't just the name of our church. It's also an acronym. It's a process of doing relationships God's way. God has relationships. It's not just him. He has relationships. He's got angels. He's got a lot of people that he has relationship with. And what Jesus did on the cross was he took away the legal part. He dealt with the legal part that kept us from having a relationship with him. That's what he did on the cross. He wiped away all of our sin and he said, all right, no longer is heaven or hell about your sin. Now it's about whether or not you have a relationship with me. Huge amen there. Whether or not you accept a relationship with me. He says, now it's personal. Whether or not you want to get to know me and accept me into your life and have a relationship with me. It's personal. And so when we come to Christ, we've got to understand that we're trying to accommodate for him living inside of us, just like we're trying to accommodate for each, each person in our lives. You know, and if you read throughout scripture, Jesus, Jesus talked about it. John talked about it. How you treat others is how you treat me. That's what Jesus said. What you do for others is what you do for me. Uh, John talked about, you know, if you don't have love for your brother and sister, then you don't really love God. So all of it is connected. It's about relationship with God and God has relationships. And so he says, I want you to learn how to do relationships the way that I do them. And so rerouting our thinking is the beginning of that. It's the, uh, the understanding that there's a different way for me to see life than, than what just flies into my head. What my brain just tells me is not always true. Now, I know you believe that about me, but do you believe that about you? Is what your brain tells you always true? Your initial response to life. It's not, is it? All right. So rerouting our thinking, we've been going through this series for some weeks, and I hope that you'll go back if you haven't heard some of the sermons and listen to them. Well, today we're going to talk about mirror, mirror. Oh, no. Yeah. Y'all remember Snow White, don't you? All right. You've got the beautiful and wicked stepmother queen. What did she say? Mirror, mirror on the wall. Of them all, right? All right. So she asks this question, and, and, and to which the mirror would respond, Thou, O queen, art the fairest of them all, right? But her stepdaughter, Snow White, was growing up, and when she became of age to be able to be compared with the queen, what happened? The queen went in and she said, Oh, mirror, mirror on the wall, who is the fairest of them all? And the mirror had to tell the truth. How many of you know mirrors tell the truth? Do you like what the mirror has to say all the time? Yeah. So the mirror spoke the truth and said, Oh, Snow White, oh, queen, is the fairest of them all. And what did the queen do? The queen was, Oh, my goodness, what happened? I was the fairest of them all, and now I'm second place in the kingdom. So what did the, mirror, what did, what did the queen do? She went to the doctor, and she got fixed, right? And everybody lived happily thereafter. That's not what she did, is it? Yeah, that's not the story. That would be the story today, wouldn't it? 
The easiest way, though, is to do what she did, and that's to go and take out Snow White. You go take out the competition, and you're number one again. Yeah, that's, uh, that's messed up, isn't it? All right, so the story of the Wicked Queen speaks to our human nature after the fall. And we go back to the Garden of Eden. And what happened in the Garden of Eden? Adam and Eve, they sinned, right? They partook of the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They sinned. And what happened there is so intriguing and so interesting. And it helps us to understand that something changed inside of them at that, that God did not create them to be that way. And look what it says. Then the eyes of both of them were opened. Their eyes were opened. And what did they see? They realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. What's it saying? It's saying they saw themselves for the first time. They looked in the mirror and they saw themselves. Right? They may not have had a mirror, but they, they suddenly decided to see themselves. Maybe they went and looked in the, in the water and was like, whoa, that's me. They saw themselves. Something strange happened inside of them, and they started looking at themselves. They weren't concerned about themselves before this. They weren't worried about what they looked like. Bed hair didn't bother them. They had no idea what they looked like. They didn't pay attention to it. And like the wicked queen, all too often we look into the mirror to find the answers to life that we want. But in reality, all we find in the mirror is our problem with our life. Ourselves. You ever find yourself in the mirror? You look in the mirror. That's what you see. Yourself. And if all you're doing is looking into the mirror... For your future and, and what your life is about, you're a most miserable person. No matter how pretty or handsome you are, you're most miserable. You see, God never intended for you to pay attention to you. He never intended for you to pay attention to you. Otherwise, he would have created a mirror in the palm of your hand. You could walk around and go, oh, look at that. Oh, there I am. He didn't do that. He didn't build in a mirror inside. You know, he, you don't have eyes on the top of your feet where you could bend over and say, oh, there I am. And see yourself from the top of your feet. He didn't do that. He strategically placed your eyes at the highest position of your body so that you could what? Look out and see everybody and everything else. Right? The problem with the mirror is it's all about us looking at ourselves and God never intended us to do that. We scan our face. We scan our body. We scan our, our, ourselves for threats and we, that's all we see. How do I compare? How do I measure up? What am I worth? What's my value? And, and we, we base our value, we base our worth based upon those things that we see in the mirror and that's not what God intended for us. And knowing what we look like, what happens when we see somebody else? We scan them to see how they measure up compared to us oh my goodness look at the hair on that person whoa oh they've gained weight over thanksgiving what's wrong with them or they they still stayed skinny and look at me <laughs> and we compare ourselves with each other right and knowing what others look like or knowing what we look like it causes us to get into this quandary and today and and, and today beyond mirrors we've got something that no generation prior to us has had 
cameras and video, video, I mean, yeah, a couple generations, but for thousands of years, humankind went on without any of that stuff. And we've got it at our fingertips more than ever this first generation. I mean, thousands of pictures. Where are we going to store all this stuff in one drive? And it's all of us. When you see a group picture and you're in it, who do you see first? Don't lie to me. You immediately see yourself, don't you? And sometimes that's all you see. You ever tried to take a group picture and then you show everybody in the group trying to figure out which one you're going to actually use to print? You cannot do that. Why? Because everybody sees the, the other picture as the right one. Well, I look good in this one. Okay, but you look bad in that one and compared to... And, and you can't find the right picture. Mirror, mirror on the wall, who is the fairest of them all in this picture, right? So what's the problem? What's the problem with the mirror? What does it cause? How does it cause us problems in our life? It keeps us from love. The mirror paralyzes your love. And in Relate, we teach that love is sanity. Love and sanity are hand in hand. Love is sanity. Loving somebody else, loving God is sanity in your life. All of us have that crazy person in our lives, don't we? And some of you just had dinner with them this week. Every family's got one and some of you are it, right? Uh, come on, get them in mind. Who are they? You can say their name if you want to. <laughs> All right, Hopper will give it to you. <laughs> Now think about, think about this person. How much are they thinking about themselves? Get that person in mind. How much are they thinking about themselves? How much are they talking about themselves? They're all they can think about, right? So when we're thinking about ourselves and when we're focused on ourselves, what's happening? We're not able to love the people around us. We're not loving other people, right? So here's what this looks like. Everyone in life that this person talks to, this is what it looks like. It looks like the other person is holding up a mirror and they're talking to them. All they can see is themselves when this, when this mirror is up. They look at other people and they try to have a conversation. Well, hi, Kenny. How are you doing? All you can see is yourself, right? You can't see my face. And it's like, it's like everybody's holding up a mirror. And so when, and I can see myself right here. So when I ask Kenny, hey, Kenny, what's going on? How's your family doing? Good. How are your parents? Really? And he starts telling me what's going on in his life. He starts telling me about his parents. He starts telling me about a situation in life. Maybe someone has passed away. What do I see? I see myself. And when I start talking to you about my life and I start telling you the difficulties and struggles and man, I ate too much for Thanksgiving and all you start thinking about is yourself, right? Why? Because you're looking in the mirror instead of at me. You're seeing yourself in everything that I say and do. If someone tells you, hey, I lost my father this week. What do you start thinking about? Well, I lost my dad at this point in time or whatever it was. Someone that you loved, someone that you lost, 
You start thinking about that person as opposed to what? As opposed to feeling what's going on in their life and what they're trying to communicate. Someone starts telling you about their kids. What do you see? You start thinking about your own kids. Oh, my son, he's the quarterback on the team and they're heading to state and something great. Instead of being able to rejoice with them about their son, what happens? Oh, man, my son's a loser. I don't know what to do with him. And you're, you're thinking about yourself as opposed to someone mentions that they had surgery. Oh, well, I had knee surgery and neck replacement in the same day, right? You start thinking about your own stuff as opposed to listening to what they're doing. Love gets paralyzed when you're looking in the mirror. And instead of being able to see somebody else when they're talking and sharing their life with you, all you're doing is reflecting yourself in that situation. Someone tells you they got a new car. You start thinking, oh man, they don't deserve a new car like I do, right? And, and it, all you're doing is thinking about yourself in those situations. When someone's having a bad day, you're like, well, join the club. I've had bad days for two years now. And we're not listening to what's going on in someone else's life. All we do is we see ourselves in the mirror. But here's what we need to know. If you don't know this already. The mirror is the way. To discouragement and depression. You ever looked in the mirror and got depressed? Stop looking in the mirror. All you can think about is your problem, your pain, your struggle, your lack, your sin, your failure, or maybe it's positive, your success, your accomplishments, maybe it's your dreams, your hopes. And all you see is that. But then when those things don't come to pass, it's frustrating. And here's the thing. You're missing out on the greatest part of life. Your ability to love. You have to lay down your life. To love others. You have to stop worrying about you. To love others. If all you see is yourself all day long, you're missing the greatest part of life. In the Bible, there's a story about Joseph. Joseph in the Old Testament. His father, his name was Jacob. God gave him the name Israel and he became the father of Israel, right? His father was always doting on him, telling him what a wonderful person he was because he was the favored son. Rachel, the loved wife, gave birth to him, right? And Joseph was the golden child of that marriage. He, his father just loved him so much. In fact, his father had given him what was called a coat of many colors. And Joseph would wear that coat around. You can imagine what he would do in the mirror, right? Looking at himself and he's posing. He's got the coat of many colors on. You ever seen a teenager that always wore the same hat or the same coat like that? Well, that was Joseph. Didn't matter what time of year it was. Could be... 200 degrees outside and Joseph's going to be wearing that coat because why he loved it and he felt special and he felt important in it. Joseph loved it. Well, God gave Joseph a couple of dreams, a spiritual mirror for Joseph to look into, if you will. 
communication from God as to who he is and what his future would look like. A spiritual mirror. And the dreams were about his brothers coming and bowing before him one day. Not only his brothers, but his entire family, even his father. And Joseph had these dreams, but what happened was he misinterpreted the dreams. What he heard from those dreams was, I'm important. He was important, but it was a wrong kind of important that he saw. I will be powerful. I will be served. That was his interpretation of the dreams. He had misinterpreted them and he went, he went out and he started telling his brothers, hey, one day you guys are going to bow before me. And boy, they got angry with him, right? One day you guys are going to serve me. That was his interpretation of the dreams. You know, you've got a choice to make. When you spend time with God, you're either going to walk out of that time with God and, and, and have this idea that I'm the king's son. And we've heard this kind of stuff preached before, right? That we're to walk out of church going, I'm the king's son. I'm the one. I'm the chosen one, right? I'm the head and not the tail. I'm the child of God. And, and we want people to bow to us. And really, that's listen, all of that is true, but that's a wrong interpretation and attitude towards what God is trying to communicate of how important you are to him, isn't it? You see, what Joseph didn't see in the dreams was that he would be a person of great responsibility. It's a completely different message than I'm important and I'm strong and I'm powerful and I'm successful. That's a different message. The message of I'm important to be responsible to take care of other people. You see, God was going to use him in great ways to do difficult things. And if Joseph would have heard the truth that God was trying to convey and communicate, the mirror that God had held up for him, if you will, in the dreams that God gave him, it was a totally different mirror than the one that he looked in saying, you know what, I am important and successful. Total different mirror. So God gave him the dream so he could forget about himself. Now think about this. God gave him the dream so that he could forget about himself. And he could passionately pursue God's purpose for his life as opposed to pursuing his own dreams, his own mirror. The true story ahead for this young man would be almost murdered by his brothers. Sold into slavery by his brothers. Falsely accused, thrown into prison for 13 years. That's a tough story, right? And the true story would be that he would be put in charge of a nation of people that were trying to survive through a famine. And all of the weight of that would be on his shoulders and that he would be the leader of that nation, the second in charge of that nation. That is a huge responsibility. That is a huge weight. And that is a completely different mirror that was, that was given to him than the one he interpreted it to be. And many years later, what happened when Joseph's brothers, his whole family came and they did bow before him. They came in and his dreams came true. They were completely different than what he thought they would be when he was young. Joseph realized that the mirror seemed to have said, you will be important. You will be revered. You will be powerful. But what the mirror was actually saying was a completely different mirror. It was God that was speaking to him. And what that mirror was saying was, there are going to be people that are counting on you. 
responsibility. You're going to go through life and it's going to be difficult. It's going to be struggle. It's going to be a problem. It's going to be pain after pain after pain. But you can trust me that there's purpose in it. And you're responsible to help some people. Completely different message, isn't it? Which mirror are you looking in today? Joseph had to put down this mirror and pick up this one and start looking to see what God had to say for his life. The scripture says this, his brothers came and threw themselves down. We're your slaves. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? What's he saying? It's not about me being important. Like I thought it was when I was young. It's not about me being important. God's in charge. You you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done. The saving of many lives. He was saying, I embraced responsibility in my life. That's what God was trying to communicate with those dreams. And I went out telling you guys, you guys are going to bow before me. I'm going to be powerful. I'm going to be strong. This is what God intended for me to do. So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and he spoke kindly to them. You see, God was calling Joseph to a life outside of himself, where he wasn't worried about his his own needs, where he wasn't worried about his own powerful position. What, What he was concerned with was taking care of and loving others. It's a completely different life. What if Joseph had become bitter along the way? And couldn't get over all of the hurts of what his brothers had done. What if Joseph couldn't put down this mirror and say, it's all about me looking good. It's all about me being powerful. It's all about me being successful. What if he couldn't put this down? Millions of people would have died of starvation at that time. What if Joseph couldn't put down the hurt and he said, you know what? I deserve my brothers to bow before me. I deserve to lord over them. What if? He couldn't put it down because his brothers had hurt him too much. Over this past year, I've had to be careful to not get caught up in my own trap of being self-focused. So easy to say, you know what? Life hurts too bad. And not be there for you. And when you go through loss and you go through trial and just say, you know what? I lost my wife in January. I know about your pain. I've been there. And I could even go so far as to say, you know what? Quit your whining. Quit your complaining. I've hurt. I've hurt. And I'm, I'm still hurting. I could do that. But that is not what I chose to do. And that's not what I chose to do. Because why? That hurts far more than looking past my hurt and pain and, and taking care of you. The easiest thing to do in the world is to just think of you. It's easy. Look in the mirror. What I am, who I am, who I'm not, who I wish I would be. But love, love is always right there if you'll let it. To say, you know what? I'm going to leave the mirror behind and I'm going to go and take care of somebody else.
I'm going to give someone a call that might be discouraged. I know somebody that's hurting today. I know somebody that's lost someone today. And I'm going to take care of them. It's love. We've got to pull down the mirror and see and hear the people around us. Another problem with the mirror. So it causes discouragement and depression, right? Another problem with the mirror is it causes you to continually compare yourself with others. What's your reaction when you see yourself in the mirror? What's your reaction when you see yourself in a picture? And God forbid someone take a picture of your butt. Right? Just seeing if you're awake. How offensive is that, right? And guess what? We all see your butt all day, right? I know you don't. And that's why you don't want us to take a picture of it. If God intended you to see your own behind, he would have made it where your eyes could come out of your head and look back there. And someone came up with pictures so that we could do that. Some people hardly let themselves get their picture taken. Don't yeah, yeah. And what's funny is they're like, hey, I, take my picture. I need to fix my hair. Or don't take my picture. I need to lose a little bit of weight before I let my picture be taken. And what's funny is, you know, they don't understand what they're really saying is, is I don't mind you seeing me like this all the time. I just don't want to see me like this, right? So here's, here's what's real. When we're critical and loathing of ourselves, we're really just loving ourselves. No, 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 John, you don't understand. I don't, I don't love me. No, you're loving yourself when you're critical and loathing of yourself. No, 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 that's wrong. John, I don't like the way I look or I don't like the things that I've done with my life. I don't like me anymore. And, and then, so that's why. And, and I don't like the way that I look. Well, let me ask you a question. How do you treat people that you think look better than you? Can you hang out with them and not be. Feel less than them and just love them. Can you? Well, John, I don't like the things that I've done in my life. Okay, well, let me ask you this. The people that you think haven't done a bunch of bad things in their life, are you able to love them and hang out with them? Well, John, I don't appreciate my lack of talent. I don't have talent like somebody else. Well, okay, the people that you see as talented, are you able to love them and accept them and, and enjoy being with them? Are you intimidated and do you withdraw from them? Do you withdraw yourself from everybody else that you think is better than you? You see, that's where we fall apart. And this is where, th this is where we go a little bit crazy in our heads. When we focus on ourselves, when we focus on our lack, we're not able to love the people around us. God created you the way that you are, and he wants you to just say, you know what? It's not about me. It's about taking care of the other people. And what we don't realize is when we loathe ourselves and we are critical of ourselves, who are we focusing on? Ourselves. And we're not loving others. And we're loving ourselves. Well, I know that's what we're supposed to do. Love yourself first. I've found the way to love me is to love you. You can try it if you'd like. 
All these self-help books, they're no, no help at all. All you do is look at yourself. Learn how to take care of others. That's where it is. You know, we live in a selfie world, right? This was actually prophesied in the Bible at some level. Timothy said this, in the last days there will come times of difficulty. And then he tags this with it. So times of difficulty, you agree, we're in times of difficulty, right? For people will be lovers of self. All we see is ourself. You see, when we're giving our thoughts, our time, and our emotions to ourselves, even if it's negative, what are we doing? We're just loving ourselves. The truth is, the way to enjoy who you are is by forgetting about yourself and loving others. Let go of yourself. Give yourself up to God. And here's, here's what God has done for you. You see, all of your good, all of your bad, all of your ugly, and all of your pretty, all of it belongs to God. Why? Because He bought you. All of your sin belongs to Him. Boy, that, that deserved a lot bigger amen than that. All of your sin, He bought that. Your failures, God's, He bought it. All of your past God's. He bought it. Yeah, I'm looking at some of you that really need to be saying thank God for that. All of your past, God has bought that. It is His. It belongs to Him. Your talent, it's God's. Your body, God's. That behind, it's God's. Isn't that great? You guys need to stay awake. I know it's Thanksgiving weekend. Your face, it's God's. Well, I don't like my face. It's God's. He bought it. He's going to use it for His purposes. Everything about you and everything you are, all of you is God's. Your skin, everything is God's and it belongs to him. You are not your own. You were paid for and you were bought with a price. And it's time for you to realize that you belong to him. Don't worry about yourself. Now, does that mean that you don't take care of yourself? No, that's a whole different topic. You got to take care of yourself enough that you can take care of others. That's, that's part of the point here. You see, when you look in the mirror, though, and you say, mirror, mirror, tell me what I want to hear. It's a problem. You, you know, people come to church for that. Mirror, 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 preacher, tell me what I want to hear. Make me feel good, preacher, right? Timothy said this, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears that, or that they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. They will accumulate. They will surround themselves with teeth. What are we doing? We, get, uh, we accumulate podcasts and all these preachers that tell us what we want to hear as opposed to what God says. They will accumulate for themselves. I mean, they probably had no idea what they were writing at that time. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. Mirror preacher in the pulpit, tell me what I want to hear. Make me feel good. Help me like me. Tell me that I'm good. Tell me that I'm okay. Tell me that I'm the best. You say, oh, that's that all. All of that is true. And I can tell you that all day long. And here's the point. Until you believe 
that you are the best. Until you believe that God actually does love you. Until you start looking in this mirror as opposed to this one. You see, God does say you're the best. God does say he loves you. God says you are talented. In fact, so much that he's going to hold you accountable for whether or not you've used those talents for him. All of those things are true. But the difference is, do you believe him like Joseph believed him when he was young? Oh, that makes me powerful. That makes me successful. That makes me the best. That makes me the one to be served. Or do you believe it? Because God's word says it. And now you can forget about yourself and start loving and taking care of the people around you. Or are you still looking in the mirror that says, I'm not good enough, not smart enough, and doggone it, people don't like me. See, that mirror is a false mirror. Your problem isn't the message, it's whether or not you believe it. And when you believe that you are God's person, his chosen person, his loving child, when you believe that, then you're able to go out and take care of others and love others. Most days I only get ready one time. Most days I get up, get cleaned up, look in the mirror, make sure that everything is at some level presentable. And most days that's what I do, just one time, right? And I just take off and I go. That night I say, oh, hi, welcome home. You need to do that with this mirror. Every morning, take a look in this mirror. What does he say about me? Who am I? You need to spend time in the mirror of truth, God's mirror. Taking time to hear what he says. And here's the three things that we talk about and relate. This is what you look for. My God has provided for all of my security. All of my needs are taken care of. God is, is, has made me significant. What God says about me makes me significant. Not what others think about me, but what God says about me. That's where my significance come, comes from. I matter to him. And the third thing is, God is my closest relationship, and he helps me with all of my other relationships. He helps me with people throughout this day. And if you will look in the mirror and see those three things every morning, it changes everything. It changes your life. But when you look in the mirror and see as Joseph saw when he was young, it messes things up. And if all you see are the negative things about you as well, and, and it's, it's not going to get you anywhere. But this mirror is going to change the way you think and the change the way, change the way that you live. Take some time every morning to say, Father, Father, who is on the throne, who am I to you? Who am I to you? Who do you say I am? You see, let God begin to tell you. And like his plans for Joseph, God has plans for you. Do you believe that? God has so much for you. What if you were the voice for hundreds or thousands or even one to come to Christ? What if you were that voice? But you chose not to.
What if the pain of life was too much and you said, you know what, I'm not going to love the people around me. I'm just going to continue to look in this mirror and not like what I look like. Not good enough. Got too many problems, too much pain. Nobody's going to listen to me anyway. Made some mistakes. Deal breakers, it seems. But you're looking in the wrong mirror. Because when you look at this and you start realizing the mistakes and problems and sin and all the stuff of all of the great people of faith that are listed in Hebrews chapter 11, it's a whole different story than the one that this tells. Completely different story. What if you were the person who God put here to find the cure for cancer? Something happened when you were a child and you said, you know what? I'm not going to find that in my life. I'm not going to pursue that. Too much pain, too much struggle, too much heartache. What if that was you? Imagine being the one person to unlock the key for every person in the world having food or water. That one person, you were that one person that could find the answer to that. And you said, you know what? Too much pain. Too many problems. Not gifted enough. Your insecurities, your pain struggles, you're looking in the wrong mirror. You say, well, John, that's, that's big stuff. I was never called to do big stuff. Wait a second. The small stuff is big stuff. Loving somebody in your life today is big. It's huge. One small act of love. What did Jesus say about that? And this is where it gets real. He says, when the Son of Man comes in His glory. In other words, here's the picture. It's going to be a moment like we can't imagine. In His glory. When he comes, not if, when he comes, and all the angels with him, let that visual be there. Can you imagine across the sky, all of the angels of heaven, and Jesus in his glory, when he comes, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to all those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance. The kingdom will be pre- pre- the kingdom prepared for you since the cre- creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. Well, that's a small thing. Gave him something to eat? What? I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. That's that's small. That's not earth shattering, is it? I was a stranger and you invited me and I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you a sick person and go to, you, go to visit you? 
The king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. The little stuff. You got outside of yourself, your own problems, your own struggles, your own needs, your own dislikes, your own lack of talent. You got outside of that and you did something for Jesus. And Jesus then goes on to talk about those who didn't do that. And it's not good. If you want to go read it, it's Matthew chapter 25. James, the half-brother of Jesus, wrote about this. And I want to preface before I read what he says. He says, James used this. He says, when you look in a mirror, when you look in a mirror. Actually, he was talking about this mirror, though. He says, when you look in this mirror in the morning and see and hear what God says about you, he says, don't walk away from that mirror and forget what you just saw. Now imagine you looked in the mirror this morning and you found that you were a giant in the kingdom of God. And you come across somebody in need of protection. And you choose to help them because you remembered what you saw in the mirror today. Maybe you looked in the mirror and you saw someone that was just beautiful. That could have influence. Not physical beauty, but somebody that's beautiful based upon God's word, right? And you came across somebody that needed to feel like they were good enough and strong enough and needed some encouragement and someone with beauty looked at them and said, you matter. You would want that, wouldn't you? That could be you. Or maybe you found out when you looked in the mirror that you have the wealth of all the world so much that you couldn't spend it all. And you came across someone with a need today and you helped them. It's God's mirror. Which mirror are you looking in? What do you see when you look here? Are you listening to him? You're all these things and more. So I want to read this scripture to you. Don't fool yourself into thinking that you're a listener when you're anything but. Letting the word go in one ear and out the other. He says, act on what you hear. Those who hear and don't act are like those who glance in the mirror and walk away and two minutes later have no idea who they are, or what they like, what they look like. He says, look in the mirror and when you walk away, when you leave church today, whatever you saw God said you could be and who you are, go out and live it and be it. He says, but whoever catches a glimpse of the revealed counsel of God, the free life, even out of the corner of his eye, he says, even if you just barely get a glimpse of who God says you really are, even out of the corner of his eye and sticks with it is no distracted scatterbrain, but a man or woman of action. That person will find delight and affirmation in the action. What's he saying? You will find purpose, delight, and great affirmation for who you are when you go out and you love. When you lay yourself aside and say, you know what? It's not about me. It's about who God says I am in him and taking care of others. Paul said it this way. My friends, I don't feel I've already arrived, but I forget what is behind. I lay it aside 
my failures, my mistakes, my sin. And Paul was talking about a lot. He was a terrorist. He was a lot. He turned that all aside. And he says, and I struggle, I strain towards what is ahead. I run toward the goal so I can win the prize of being called to heaven. This is the prize God offers because of what Christ Jesus has done. It's time to quit defining yourself and let him do it. Would you bow your heads? Begin to talk to him. God, I lay my life down. And I embrace who you say that I am. Help me to know who I am in Christ Jesus. Help me to walk in your word, in your light. I turn my life over to you today. I give you the things that I don't like about me and I give you the things that I do like about me. That your purpose may be fulfilled in my life. I want to embrace the way of love. To forget about myself. and To begin to strain towards that prize, that goal as Paul talked about. And taking care of others. Loving you. Loving the people around me. Help me to see who you've created me to be, that I may be able to pursue every bit of that. Maybe you're here today and you haven't accepted Christ into your life. Just do that right now, right where you are. God, I want to get to know who you are, what you like and what you don't like. And I ask you to come into my life so that I can accommodate for a relationship with you. Help me in the things that I don't understand. Help me to grow. And today I turn my life over to you. I understand that you bought me with a price. Everything that's good and everything that's bad about me, you bought me. And I belong to you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you would, just for a moment, I want to give somebody an opportunity. You accepted Christ into your life today. Right where you're seated, just look up at me until my eyes catch yours. Just to, just to say, John, I did that today. I gave my heart to Christ. Anybody here this morning? Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Amen. Anybody else?